morning, good afternoon, good evening, good whatever. Um, it's been a few weeks since we last did an unmade bed. There's been a bit of stuff going on. But uh, anyway, first of all, introductions. My name's Adrian. That's Bree. Say hello, Bree. Hello, Bree. And uh, the last episode we did the night before the AFL Grand Final. Um, and then things kind of, depending on who you barrack for, took a bit of a turn. Um, we didn't really take a turn, but... We kind of went as expected, to be honest. But well, yes, but the the Swans are too good a team to lose by eighty one points. Nah, happens. Happens. All right. Be interesting to see what uh, what goes on next year with them. Then whether they've achieved too early, they're a bit ahead of their progress. Who knows? Yeah, I wouldn't have thought so, but mm. hey. All right. What's on your mind? What would you like to talk about? Well, can someone explain Taylor Swift to me? What about Taylor Swift? Well, so Taylor Swift, uh, as of tonight, Mm -hmm. has nine out of the top ten singles in the ARIA charts. Okay, what's the tenth song? Uh, the Sam Smith Uh, song, which I think was number one last week. That one, right. And I'm not. I'm not sure how many songs exactly are on the on Taylor Swift's new album. I'm Probably not sure if it's nine or ten, but yeah, but it's something like that. Mm. So I mean, as as some some research, I did listen to a couple of the songs, mm. and look, they're fine. But they're not. they I mean, to be honest, it sounds like she's kind of trying to be a bit like the Lord. Okay. Um, it's that kind of gives me that kind of vibe, mm-hmm. but it doesn't to me not a, not as good because I guess because quite frankly it's not quite as original, mm-hmm. and yet um, people go nuts for her as evidenced by the fact that she's got nine of the top ten singles. Mm. I and think I just don't get it. I just do not get it. I think some of it after a while becomes like a self-licking ice cream in that ice cream that um, uh, it's cool for people to like Taylor Swift. Therefore, she's so cool that we're going to put all of the songs off a new album in the top ten. So yeah, there's there's definitely a very rabid following and um, mm-hmm. like Swifties. I think they're called cool. yeah something like that. Mm. Um. Yeah, it's, you know, and I'm not saying she's shit, she's far from shit. She's obviously a very good songwriter, she writes some nice songs, it mm-hmm. just seems a little bit over the top. Mm. Overkill, if ever you saw it. Yeah. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see on the charts next week what happens the week after the, the new album comes out. Yeah. Interesting that I believe the new album has a music video for each song. Yes, and, and that's really not so not unusual in this day and age mm-hmm. to, for any every release to have a some sort of not necessarily a full on music video, but at least some sort of visualizer attached to it mm. that mm. Uh, one can watch in on Spotify or something like that. Mm. Well, uh, earlier tonight, after Bray got home from work, she was unwinding by listening to some music, and one of the songs that she was listening to was Regurgitator's "Blubber Boy." Yes. Yes. Now, I have a story about that song. I accidentally played it on a Christian radio station. Uh (laughs) Aha. 
Um, my first job in radio was at Coast FM up in Wynyard at the time. It was run by a Christian organisation. And just without thinking, it was literally about half past 11. The show finished at midnight. And I just sort of randomly just picked a song off um, one of the Hottest 100 albums. And <laughs> um, halfway through the song, I realised which song I'd picked and what they were singing about. So um, I'm assuming either that nobody was listening at the time or those that were listening enjoyed the song. Yeah, I mean, I guess as long as the, uh, I guess the, the radio station overlords, I'm not quite sure what you'd call them, but... <laughs> managers. Uh, managers were the ones who weren't listening. <laughs> yeah. you were pretty cool. <laughs> mm. Mm. Um, at this point, one of our cats is scratching on this door wanting to come in, so whether we want to do anything about that or leave them to their own devices... I think I'll leave him to his own device at this oh, point. Yes. Sounds like Waldo. Yes, it is Waldo. It is Waldo. You can tell already. We've only had those cats a couple of months and you can already tell. I can, yes, tell. Pick which one's which. Yeah, he doesn't like shut doors, that's mm. for sure. Mm. So, uh, yeah, given that that station when I worked there did sort of do what I considered some quite heavy censorship of just regular pop songs, but they just had people that like to complain, so... Yeah, I suppose the moral of the story is that uh, Christians aren't awake at that hour, so you can probably do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> yeah, um, and then for the rest of my career in radio, never had the issue again. I have had, uh, I have been in a studio when someone else put the the wrong song to air. Can you remember? Um, Amiel Damien, and she released that song. Yeah. Thanks, you were fuel for thought. Now I'm more lonely than before. Uh, anyway, she says fucking on track one. Yes. Um, she doesn't say it on track two. Um, and a good friend of mine, Nick, hello Nick if you're listening, um, accidentally played version one in breakfast. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, we got that off pretty quickly, but... Um, mm. It can catch announcers unaware sometimes if the censored version is not track one. You have to watch it. Yeah, you would. I mean, I'm you know I've never worked on radio, but I would have thought that the the censored version would be track one, and then the uncensored version would be track two. But well, no, I guess the problem is that when you get sent from the record company, they send the CD single, yes, which has the bad word version as the first one. Yes, but didn't didn't on radio you just would get sent, I guess, promotional copies of things and not necessarily the actual retail CD single? Or... Well, it happens sometimes, yeah. but not others. Um, what was I going to say? It completely slipped my mind. Oh, too bad. Okay. Hmm. Right. Uh, moving on, local government elections have been happening in Tasmania this week. Um, very interesting outcomes so far. A couple of councils are changing mayors. Uh, Hobart City Council isn't changing mayor. It's still Anna Reynolds. Mm-hmm. And Helen Burnett's still a deputy mayor. But mm-hmm. the looks of the makeup of council, there's a couple of uh, extra people sort of from the pro business lobby 
that are going to be elected. Yeah. So. And as I pointed out to someone today, that mm. um, the, the mayor and the deputy mayor doesn't really matter. Um, there's not an awful lot they can do on their own. In fact, there's pretty much nothing they could do on their own. They're just kind of the, uh, mm. the, the I guess, the spokesperson or the... Mm. Mm. or whatever, that if you don't have the majority council support, then you're not going to pass anything. Mm. And um, where we live in Clarence City Council, uh, we now have a new mayor because the former mayor's retired from politics. So the new mayor, whilst running as an independent, uh, has been an endorsed Liberal candidate before at other elections. So... um, We'll see how that all plays out. Mm, but interestingly, again, mm. the actual makeup of the council seems to be more left-wing and uh, independent. Mm. So I guess you know, there's a couple of couple of candidates you would describe possibly as teal independents if mm-hmm. you want to go that that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, two greens that are on the two green, people who ran under endorsed the greens, by the greens, yeah, under the greens banner, who were pretty much the only ones who were actually willing to put their party. Uh, affiliation on the advertising material and the ballot paper. Um, A couple of very uh, central central sort of independents. Centrist, yeah. Centrist independents. Um, One one kid, Alison Ritchie, who looks to be the deputy mayor, is uh, Labour. Yeah, she she was a former Labour member of the upper house. Yes. Yeah. So it's yes, it's very interesting that after all that, that, that Brendan Blomley, the the liberal, uh, liberal candidate, he wasn't running on the liberals, but no. let's call him a liberal. Yeah, ended up being the mayor. But I, mm. as, I believe that's due a lot to the uh, older mm. voting um, mm. population of that used to vote for the previous mayor, who was also who was also liberal. more of a right wing commercial. Uh, favouring... He was a member of the Liberal Party too. Yeah, I think he might have been a chairman. Party at some yeah. point, but... Mm. Yes. Anyway, that's probably bored people enough. Um, it's now been, what, two months since our new McDonald's down the road opened? Yes. It'll be about two months. Um, recently, Bree went for an afternoon constitutional, just a walk around the neighbourhood, as she does. Um... And you started counting the amount of McDonald's rubbish was around the neighbourhood, didn't That's correct, you? I did. Yes. Um, I took a guess at, think, 30 or 40, and I was way, way wrong. No, that's... How much was it? I, I counted on a approximately 30-minute walk, mm-hmm. about, I counted 115 separate pieces of clearly McDonald's-related rubbish. Mm. And that's just nuts. Yeah. Because really for it to be spread across the neighbourhood, it's got to be people who live here actually going to Macca's, buying something, then on the way home, just chucking it. Much of the, uh, quite a lot of that, the proportion of that rubbish was on the, just on the side of the road along the main, uh, you know, main roads driving. Mm -hmm. Some are along some sort of major walking paths. Mm -hmm. So again, it's just, yeah, in the... I just, I, I just don't understand the, the, the thought pattern behind just, I'll, I'll just chuck this out right mm. here. Mm. But uh, Path Road, which uh, runs off Glebe Hill Estate, it's notorious for just having 
Maccas and KFC and whatever. Um, people obviously driving home to local suburbs, they just eat their KFC and then just chuck the box out the window. Yeah, just toss, they just toss do the not give a crap. Yeah. yeah. So, and it was pretty clear also that um, a lot of the rubbish that I saw was quite recent because they've just recently had the the Monopoly promotion okay, yeah. and quite a lot of the rubbish had the Monopoly stickers on it. So it wasn't like this stuff was had been sitting around for for a while prior to the McDonald's going in. It was pretty mm. fresh mm-hmm. rubbish. And one of the the main culprits of rubbish is that is the 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 round plastic top that goes on top of the drinks ah yes containers that was and drinks containers in general was one of the, the major most, yeah. one of the most found things yeah. mm. Mm. um I actually saw something today there's a story on news.com.au about um, the amount of litter that's on the beaches in Bali at the moment because uh, they've had a bit of uh, well, a bit. They've had quite a lot of rain lately and it's flushed all the rubbish out of the local ditches and canals. Yeah. And it's ended up in the ocean. Yep. And then straight away the ocean brings back the stuff it doesn't want. So um, I saw the pictures and there is loads of rubbish on the beaches. Um, there are people employed to clean that up each morning, but they might be fighting a losing battle at the moment. Yeah, and it, it doesn't just come from the land. It literally comes from the ocean. It can mm-hmm. it can just bob across the ocean for God knows how long. Because they have the, they've had the same problem in Thailand when the when the 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 monsoon uh, winds and therefore the ocean goes a particular way, mm. it washes up a whole heap of rubbish onto the onto the beaches. And it's, mm. you know not from you know like in coast coast Samui, it's not rubbish that's from the island itself it's mm-hmm. just rubbish that was bobbing around the gulf of thailand and it ends up on the on the beaches mm. Mm. not good we've never been to bali we've thought about it but we've always chosen thailand instead yeah yes um Bree's now talking next year about going to cambodia uh, not with me because what Brie wants to see involves a lot of temples and ruins and that kind of thing um, and I could not, could not give less of a crap about that stuff so <laughs> yes yeah. whether she goes with a friend or something we don't know yet no but, I'm quite uh, happy to travel on my own so, yeah and um, frankly I was, I've been following uh, someone on, on uh, Facebook and mm-hmm. various social media who has just done it. Done a journey on rail from Singapore all the way through to, to Thailand. Now that's quite challenging. It's obviously doable. It's doable. It, it involves several changes. Changes of, of train, trains. Yeah. Um, it also involves going through a few dicey parts of Thailand where there's the southern little, parts. The southern with, parts where yeah. there's a fair amount of. Uh, separatist violence violence going on and those bits uh the uh, federal government through smart traveler has said you might want to oh yeah yeah stay away from there but so. having said that yeah that's uh you can get through those parts fairly quickly you don't have to necessarily stop there for very long so mm-hmm. um but yeah no it was a very interesting journey that i was i was watching him on and so certainly the parts that are through malaysia um the, the malaysian uh, trains shit all over the Thailand trains in terms of comfort and mm-hmm. and speed. Mm. Um, the Thai trains are still very slow and and old school. 
However, having said that, they're also very cheap and you can sit there and they're not air conditioned so you can just sit out, watch the, you know, sit, sit there and watch the world from out the window and enjoy things that way. Hmm. I'm just taking a look at the cricket scores because Australia's meant to be playing England, uh, but the match was abandoned at 8.48pm. Abandoned without a ball being bowled, they will split the points. Now that's interesting because I'm not sure that getting one point rather than two helps either side, but it is what it is. Yes. Mm. As I said before, uh, whoever decided to host a World Cup on the east coast of Australia in, in spring yeah. is, was probably uh, not really thinking it through. Mm. Um, La Nina or no La Nina, it's always been quite rainy on the east coast of Australia mm-hmm. in springtime. Mm. Mm. Anything else on your mind that you would care to discuss? No? No. We'll move along to some music then. Back to some music. Back to some music. I have dug up the top 50 singles chart for this week in 1985. 1985. 1985. That's one of the years that doesn't get a lot of love in terms of how good or otherwise the music was. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, it's interesting, some of the songs that uh, were debuting this week. At number 40... Jennifer Rush with The Power of Love, which ended up being a massive number one single. Yes. Whereas at the same time, Huey Lewis and the News, their Power of Love, completely different song, was in the top ten. What also happened this week back in 1985, Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush jumped from 21 to 12. Yes. It was on its way to the top ten, peaked at about number six, I think, in 1985. Yes, when it was actually out, it peaked at about number six Mm. until uh, recently when it finally actually peaked at number one. I think Australia was probably the... It charted the highest in Australia the first time around compared to the UK and the US. Mm. Mm. All right. Uh, Let me have a look. Top ten, number ten was Pointer Sisters with Dare Me. I do, I do not remember that I one. Do not I remember, remember that. several Pointer Sisters songs, but I cannot even vaguely remember that one. Mm. Uh, number nine, down from six, were an Australian pop band, Cootie Tar, which was, uh, I think, Kate's... No, she was in I'm Talking. I forget who was in Cootie Tar. Might have been Jenny Morris. Anyway... Yeah. Um, their biggest hit, Too Young for Promises, was at nine. Okay. Barnsey was at number eight. I'd Die to Be With You Tonight. Uh, dire Straits at seven. Money for Nothing. Okay, no, fair enough. Fair enough. I always thought it was Money for Nothing and Your Chips for Free, but um, no. yeah, I know that was, as, as a child, that was more exciting than having chicks for free. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Number six was Part-Time Lover by Stevie Wonder. Yes. Yeah. Do we want to make a blind joke or a blind reference there? No, we don't. It's it's no. it's the 2020s now. It's yeah, like... <laughs> we'll leave that alone. Uh, number five, Madonna, Dress You Up. One of the lesser-known 
Yeah, it's, it's not one you would uh, go back to in some sort of Madonna party sort of slash yeah. top 10, but top, uh, even top 20, really. At this stage of her early career, Madonna was that popular that she could have released a song which was just her farting in the bathtub and it would have made the top 20. Yeah. Yeah. A number four, In Excess, What You Need. And interestingly, this week, back in 1985, Listen Like Thieves from NXS debuted at number one hmm. on the album chart. So they had some good stuff going. And it was not that often that back then, in the days of only physical uh, mm. physical media, that uh, something would actually debut at number one. It mm. mm. was very rare at the time. Uh, number three, Huey Lewis in the News, Power of Love. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're not going to like number one then, but let's do number two first. UB40 and Chrissy uh, Hind. I've got you, babe. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. How how does a band from like, Manchester. Manchester become so famous for reggae music? I, I just don't understand it. It's... When there was very, very good reggae music out there that, mm-hmm. that someone could have listened to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Made by the actual inventors of reggae music. Yes. And not some white dude from Manchester. No, white dudes. Or white dudes. Yeah, I think they had one black guy who played the... Played the trumpet? Anyway. Yeah. Don't really care. So, yeah. Anyway, yes, don't understand you before. You never have, never will. All right. Number one, and it was spending its fourth week at the top of the chart... David Bowie and Mick Jagger, Dancing in the Street. <laughs> yes. There's a really good um, bit on the Family Guy. Yeah, there's a Family Guy episode where they actually play the entire video just, just to point out how dreadful the song was. Yeah. Yeah. So. But it was David Bowie and it was Mick Jagger, you know, two of the, I guess, most popular artists. Mm. Of the 80s, so. Mm. Oh, there was a Phil Collins album in the top 50. Brie hates Phil Collins, detests him. Although although my, my stance is somewhat softened because I, I do feel a bit sorry for the guys. Yes, recent, he's, he's recently. Very, he's very unwell. Recently, um, yeah, I think Genesis were out touring. Yeah. Um, and Phil was sort of sitting down with the microphone kind of thing. Yeah, he was... Not a well man. Yeah, he was trying, but, I mean, you know, they're good on, you know, in mm. some some respects, good on him for trying, but then there's mm. probably a point where you need to admit defeat. Mm. I'm sure I've told you this before, but he divorced his first wife via fax. Yes. Yeah. He's a bit of a cunt. <laughs> Yeah. Frankly. There's Bubba Boy again. Rub me on your card. I'll come back again. <laughs> oh, but, Lord. yeah, and, and to be to be fair, some of my problems with Phil Collins is not related to Phil Collins himself. It's related to various DJs who think it's a good idea to, to break out with Susudio in, uh, in the middle of what is otherwise maybe a decent set. But <laughs> maybe that is about Phil Collins. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure you've played Susudio. Once or twice, at least in your uh, DJing yeah. life. 
Yep, I've played quite a lot of Phil Collins. I'm sure it gets played, particularly at weddings. Uh, mm. Mm. Sure, I never played Susudio when I was DJing a wedding. Okay, yeah. I would have picked it as a wedding song, but... Well, not as a wedding song, but as a very banal kind of crowd To get people on the dance floor. Yeah. Yeah, no. Pass. No. Solid Stick with Grease Megamix. Yeah, stick with Grease Megamix. All right. Well, that just about wraps it up for this week. I promise you that there won't be an four-week gap before the next episode we can probably start to settle down into a bit of a routine now that the football season's over which was causing distractions yeah mm. we probably could research and, and make some notes uh, a little bit better but uh... yeah but that was never the way i like to do things in radio I was no, just this is keen true. to do it on the fly yes yes sometimes it works Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't. We did actually record another one after the football, but it somehow managed to get deleted. Yes. I'm not sure if that was subconscious because it was a bit shit or Um, or whether it was a genuine mistake. I'm I'm still not quite... It was a genuine mistake (laughs) when I was doing the mix down. I pressed delete for something and I ended up deleting everything. If you believe that, then uh, keep listening. Yep. I've got a bridge to sell you. Yep. All right. That'll do it for the Unmade Bed for this week. I'm Adrian. That's Bree. Say goodnight, Bree. Goodnight, Bree. And we'll see you again for the next episode soon. Promise.